Last week we had the um, wonderful story of the Emmaus disciples and um, you weren't here, for, I wasn't here for you to, to, but I'll just recap quickly. My thought last week was that Jesus is always walking with us. The, um, the, the scriptures use the word walk over 200 times in, in, from Genesis to Revelation and they're always in conjunction with doing something with God and a hundred of them for sure definitely speak about God. Micah, you know, walk humbly with God. Other places where, where we're walking with Christ, walking with God who walks with us for two reasons. One, to get us where we belong. You know, he leads my soul. He, he's the guardian, the shepherd of my soul and he's going to lead me to the right place beside restful waters, beside to that heavenly banquet with that anointing of oil uh, that we receive at our baptism. And then, you know, we, 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 he walks with us so that we can not only feel his love and know his love, even when we're disturbed. You know, my mind is flipping all over the place today. There's so many things in my head today that I can't keep it straight. And we all have those days. We all have days where, where there's just so much, they're heavy thoughts, not, not just simple thoughts that, oh, it's going to rain today and it's going to ruin my new plant. But no, heavy thoughts we often bring before God. You and I come to find that, that, that pasture where we can safely graze, where we know that God has taken on for us all the troubles and burdens of our life. And we trust him. And so God walks with us to show us that he cares, that he loves. And in turn, we share that love with each other. I think also God walks with us so that we can see he's an active God, that God's not just a passive God that sits back and waits for him to come to his, to his, to his throne and give, his, give, us, give him our issues. He's a God who really is active in our lives, who's always probing us. You know where I sit, you know where I stand, where can I run to hide from your love? And, and God comes to us so that we can actively participate again in that journey to the kingdom. And so we come to this gospel today where once again Christ is walking with his people. Now the scriptures compare us to sheep in this one. But he says to us, you know, enter through me. I am the gate. I am the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens it and the shepherd calls his sheep. They hear his voice. They follow. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved and will come in and go out and will find pasture. Sort of looks like, it reminds me of the passage from Revelation. In the book of Revelation, Jesus says he's the one who opens, and when he opens something, no one can shut it. And when he shuts something, none of us can open it. That God has opened for us so many things, and we choose to try to keep pulling that door closed, or that God has chosen to open up for us so much because of his love for us, and yet because of our own bitterness, our own, our own frustrations, our own angers, our own disappointments, we close the door. And no action takes place. I am the gate. What I open, you know, the, the door I open is for you. In the Benedictine uh, church in, in Rome, in St. Anselm, over the door is, uh, as you're walking in in Latin it, it says I am the gate of the sheep 
Just a reminder as we walk through that door, as anyone who walks through that door, as we walk through these doors, that a perfect reminder that all of us who are entering into the church, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a, something that we should see that Christ is trying to reveal for us who he is. We're entering into God's house. We're entering into that sheepfold. We're entering into that pasture where we find repose for our souls, rest for our souls. My, uh, when I was made pastor and in, in, uh, named pastor in Dallas Town, uh, those of you, if you ever been to Dallas Town Church, St. Joe's in Dallas Town, um, there's a there's a mural as you enter. It's all glass front, and then and there's more glass. But up above the door, there's this mural. It just portrays this beautiful picture of a heavenly scene. And, and, and part of that mural on, on the door, it, it says, this is the house of God and the gate of heaven. Now somewhere in the history of that parish, someone went out to the hardware store and bought the stick-on um, instructions. And right under the, this is the house of God and the gate of heaven, they put a sign on that says, keep these doors shut. <laughs> keep these doors shut. I always found that to be a funny, it's ironic. A lot of my friends are using this line in their homily today because they came and saw and they believed. <laughs> but you know, you think about what God has done for us what, in, in this walk with us as he opens the gate, she, this pasture for us, as he opens this, this gate and calls us and, and we hear, he hears our voices and he calls us by name. He knows us, he comes to us, he knows our troubles, he knows our difficulties and we lay them at his feet each time we approach this altar. Every time we kneel in prayer in these pews, every time we prepare ourselves in mind, body, and spirit to come into this church and to receive the body and blood of our Savior, we're bringing him everything that he needs to know about us and he's offering everything we need to know about him. That he cares, he loves us. And that will never go away. And so we continue to walk we walk as sheep, we walk as people of God who, who trust, who believe, who hope in his promises. There's a, um, there was a priest in the early 1900s in England. His name was, um, he, his name was Monsignor Robert um, Benson. And, he, uh, and the story about um, Monsignor Benson is he was once an Anglican priest. In fact, his father was the prestigious Archbishop of Canterbury in the Anglican Church. And when he was ordained in the Anglican Church, he started to really explore his own spirit. And, and he found Catholicism to be very attractive. And of course, as you know, in, in England, you know, Catholicism was not tolerated for many years. And still one of the minor religions, faiths of, of England. But as he's coming into this conversion, he eventually converts to the Catholic Church while his father is the Archbishop of, of Canterbury. And, and then he, he's ordained to the priesthood. And he's talking about walking with God. And, and this is what he says, and I, I'll read this to you because I think it, it says a lot for us as we walk with God and, and learn more about him. Let me tell you how I came to know him. I'd heard many speak of him but I paid no attention. Each day he sent me presents and I never thanked him. 
Often he seemed to want my friendship, but I ignored him. I was homeless and miserable and hungry. Every moment I was in peril. He offered me shelter, comfort, food. He guarded me from all danger, but I was always ungrateful. Finally, he met me on the road, and with tears in his eyes, he entreated me, saying, Come and dwell with me. Let me tell you how he treats me now. He provides all my needs. He gives me more than I dare ask. He anticipates all my desires. He urges me to ask for more. He never reminds me of my past ingratitude. Never does he reproach me for my past foolishness. Let me tell you what I think of him. He is as good as he is great. He loves me with a love beyond both ardent and true. He is bounteous. He is bounteous with promises as faithful to keeping them. He is as jealous of my affection as worthy of retaining it. In everything, I am his debtor, but he wants me to just call him my friend. My friends, today you and I are called to safety and to safely and confidently enter through the gate that Christ has opened for us, to enter on a path that's true and filled with abundance of life. Today we follow the shepherd of souls through the door that we can never shut.